Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellbeing podcast. My name's Maria Brosnan. I'm the founder of Pursuit and your host for the show. This podcast is dedicated to providing well-being information, inspiration, and support for teachers, leaders, and school staff around the world. My guest today is John McGee. John is a speaker, coach, and best-selling author. His book, Kindness Matters, has been described as the one book that will transform your life and the lives of others. His global movement, Kindness Matters, reaches over 100,000 people on social media every day. Winner of the 2013 Community Cohesion Award, John regularly speaks at events and on radio, podcasts and TV. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really grateful to be here. Um, Thank you for your kindness and and just making this this time happen and for us to share this space and time in these interesting times that we're currently living in. Yes, yes. Aren't they interesting? Very interesting, (laughs) yeah. I think my starting point is that the title of your book, Kindness Matters. Tell me why kindness matters, because I think some people think of kindness as being quite a soft approach, quite a, you know, quite a gentle approach. Tell me in your your understanding, why does kindness matter? I get asked that question so many times. There's so many different answers. I think the answer that's coming up now is a quote that I have, because I have lots of quotes that come through meditation and practice and it's the quote of if you truly believe that kindness matters then it's your job to show others why it matters so that would be my answer to that if you truly believe that kindness matters then it's your job to show others why it matters because it is it's up to us isn't it to show the world why it matters yeah, yeah. And tell me why particularly why it's particularly important in schools because a lot of the work you do is is with children and young people and staff in schools. So tell us a bit about what you do in schools to help um, bring bring your message to young people and staff. Yeah, yeah. Um well there's there's lots of different areas. I think one of the main drivers many years ago was you know, when technology started to really take off over 10 years ago with the cloud and stuff, there's a lot of good that's come from it, but there's also been a darker side to it. And I was really concerned about the well-being of children. And as, as parents, you know, as a parent myself, I've got three children. Um, and I said, you know, a darker side of the consequences of children, you know, having various experiences um, on f- platforms like Snapchat, Instagram, da 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 Lots of self-harming going on, and I just thought I need to, I need to come up with a strategy to use this as a as a, as a force for good, and, and and that that that's that's what happened really was to to be able to embrace that uh, information and to teach children and staff the many psychological and emotional well-being uh, benefits from sourcing you know kindness information, whether it's a great you know inspirational. YouTube video, whether it's any of my material, because I have a daily commitment to being on my, you know, on my Instagram daily. I'm on my story coaching people for free and just share my experience. So I just think it's it's about putting out um, kind content, really, because um, we're all like sponges, aren't we? And, um, and we do have a choice, don't we? We do have a choice of um, where we choose to, taking our information and we need to be really aware of that and I just think children uh, uh, 
they're, they're, obviously they are the future. So to be able to be in a position to be a positive role model and for them to, if you will, take the baton, so to speak, and start to pay it forward, is it's just fantastic. Yeah. 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 And tell us a little bit about your experience growing up and a bit about your story and what's brought you to this through your life journey. Yeah, well, I was interviewed um, uh, on a few podcasts in America and uh, this this one guy said something really interesting. He said, told him a little bit about my past, you know, colourful upbringing, which was described as a, a deputy principal at a college I spoke at. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was one of them stereotypes and, and, I, and I don't even know why I've still got my sense of humour about it because a lot crumbled. So I, I grew up on um, one of those tough council estates in the northwest of England, very deprived community, high levels of social deprivation, unemployment, crime, gangs, drugs, you name it. And I became a product of that environment as well as, you know, mum and dad splitting up with domestic violence and so on and so forth, alcohol and substance abuse to name but a few. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been colourful, but it's been, I've learned so much from that experience. Um, it wasn't it wasn't funny when I was back there, but it is now as a, as a grown man. Um, so that was my grounding, really. That was my, um, you know, I believe that we're born at a certain point in time in history. We didn't just come here to buy a car, get a job, pay off the mortgage. I believe that everybody has a purpose, whether a human being, a buzzy bee or whatever. And um, I was finding my purpose. I was starting to wake up to why I was here and what my purpose was. And and then I accepted it. You know, I accepted it that I wasn't that... um, that young boy who got a criminal record, that young boy who failed his education, that young boy who left school at 13, 14, um, that young boy that got involved in, you know, getting hooks on drugs and substance misuse and selling them. That was just part of my story that got me to where I am today, which, um, you know, I wake up daily and put my feet on the floor and I give thanks with a very grateful heart that I'm in a position to still be breathing this air <laughs> and being a positive role model. And it, obviously at the beginning, it was very uncomfortable standing on a stage in front of hundreds of um, children or teachers in staff insets and then sharing this story, why kindness matters, you know, um, to everybody. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey so far. Yeah, yeah. And and so what is... What is your key message if you were to do a staff inset or, or just for the for the staff and teachers and leaders that are listening to this podcast now, what would be your key message to them? I think one of the um, and I've worked I've been I've worked all over the country and I've worked I've, I now predominantly work in on the coast near Blackpool and in my hometown of Blackburn throughout East Lancashire. And I just feel what I've noticed over the years um, I've, teachers are under so much pressure and so much, um, so many challenges, and especially with what's going on in these interesting times now, what, what we're all living in. Um, I, 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 just, I did see it starting to happen over the years where lots of teachers, good teachers, good educators were just saying, I've had enough. I'm just going to go and get a job at Aldi. I can get 30 grand a year. And I'm just sat on a till. <laughs> and that's nothing detrimental to anybody that works at Aldi. Please forgive me. I do not mean it to come across like that. But you know what I'm saying, don't you? From being in a really high-pressure, teaching is stressful. You know, we have a duty of care. You know, hundreds of kids in our care, you know, to take care of them children. We have 
teams of staff that we need to take care of. The job is it's a huge responsibility. So I've seen good teachers burn out, burn out. But what I have seen over the years, and I'm grateful to be in a position to sit on a lot of steering groups and, you know, to be classed as um, someone they asked me for advice. I, I didn't have an education, but I don't know how I've winged it, but this everything I say seems to work. <laughs> so to sit on steering groups and say, mm, obviously, seek first to understand, then be understood. So, so to listen to these head teachers and these chief execs of these academy trusts and let them talk their education language. But then I come in from a kindness point of view and say, right, why don't we look at, you know, what's really going on here? And I always focus on emotional intelligence because, you know, I think it was Maya Angelou, wasn't it? She said, does she have a quote something like, you know, people might forget what you said or did, but they'll never forget how they made you feel. And I think once we can tap into that, is once any human being, particularly staff, they know that the SLT or the head teacher or the chief execs or the, you know, of a trust, then they know that they care and they start to talk to them on that same wavelength. Something magical starts to happen. And I've done this in so many teams. I've brought toxic teams together and worked out to work, you know, to learn how to work with difference. And it has to come from, from a kindness point of view. It's to empathize and see and really through creative imagination and exploring what the other person might be feeling and doing it with a sense of curiosity, which means not putting your meaning to what may be going on. And that's the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge because we're all doing the best until we find a better way of doing things. We're all doing the best until we find a better way of doing things. Um, but to see that um, unfold, and then for me, what I love then is the cultivation because I'm cultivating the kindness then, because I see that filtered down to the kids in the class and I help the teachers, first of all, learn how to take care of themselves. And what's happened over the last three or four years, which I'm really grateful for, and I've had a huge, uh, I've been a huge advocate of this uh, and an ambassador, is things like yoga, teachers doing yoga after school, meditation, you know, mindfulness, practicing affirmations, amazing people like yourself, you know, teaching well-being. And, you know, teaching them these resources, which goes back to them being kind to themselves, you know, so starting on themselves first, you know, starting a daily practice, maybe getting up half an hour earlier in the morning and just maybe just having a cup of tea, having some time to yourself before you rush out the door and giving that back to yourself and watching these little um, incremental bits build up, which have a massive transformation on the teacher. And then that then transmits into the classroom. And I just, I think that's, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. And I love the, the emphasis on starting with yourself. Mm. And I know that, you know, that the classic, you can't pour from an empty cup and that we've always got to put our own oxygen mask on first, but it's easy to underestimate the power of that. And as teachers and educators um, to over care, for other people and especially your students, but to the at the cost of your own well-being. So, how do we get that message across? I know I think I bang on about it all the time, but how do we help people to really see the importance of self-care and self-kindness and self-compassion? Um, I think that's that's a very interesting question, and and it's, it is down to the individual, isn't it? 
Mm. It's down to the individual. You've got to really want it. You've got to really, really want it. You know, from an NLP point of view, so neuro-linguistic programming, the first presupposition that's coming in now is if what you were doing isn't working, do something different. Do something different, you'll get a totally different outcome. And as human beings, we're creatures of habits. You know, we form habits, you know, and we get these habits that we form. Some of them are very useful. Mm, some of them are not so useful. <laughs> and yet we're using these not so useful ones and we're expecting different results. You know, we keep on doing the same old thing and expecting different results. Yeah. Sometimes it's about awareness, isn't it? So, you know, communication is one of the key fundamentals to your success. And it's really listening, you know, to your intuition, um, that monkey on the back, that critical self-talk, that little thing that we like to whip ourselves with, you know, that word should, which I'm very very cautious around that word or we can reframe that word to the word could but that word should in my opinion needs to be taken out of the oxford dictionary <laughs> it implies we've done something wrong and it's a sneaky one should because it always tends to creep in through the back door in the internal dialogue with the self-talk and it's it whispers to us oh you should have done this you should have done that and we're whipping ourselves on the inside and we wonder why we're feeling stressed and uh, up the wall. And then, you know, we take it out on maybe the children in the school, the people closest to us. So it, it is down to awareness. Everybody's got to sort of find that time to step back. And it is happening a lot better in schools. I'm seeing a lot more schools supporting teachers because we're losing good teachers. We're losing fantastic teachers in lots of different walks of life who are just saying, I've had enough of the paperwork, I've had enough of the red tape. I just don't need this. And they're leaving in debt and they're having breakdowns and stuff. And it doesn't need to come to this with the right support mechanisms and the right people like yourself and myself and others that can work collectively. And we can deliver the right workshops and give them the tools and the resources to say, hey, just go away and give this a try. And we'll... We'll reflect on this next week or just give this online program a go and, and i'm here for the long journey to support you and let's just see how we let's just see what happens let's just see and you know it's wonderful what's happening this year with e-learning and people becoming more like you and i having this zoom call you know it's it's let's focus on the positives how we can educate ourselves learn and i just feel there is a shift at the moment in education and there's a shift with people's perception to online e-learning and having that resource where it's cloud-based they can access it anywhere and then then seeing the transformation within themselves so it's it, it is interesting times as well as that from a positive point of view even with everything else that's going on that's maybe perceived as not as positive <laughs> yeah and I, well i think one of the positives is definitely that there's a renewed emphasis on the well-being of staff. I think particularly senior leaders that have been under tremendous pressure to try and manage all of these shifting sands that they're standing in this year and how to try and manage across so many variables. And I think well-being has come up as um, just critically important. How do we help each other, how do we help take care of ourselves? And then by the ripple effect of that across our colleagues and across our young people is inestim inestimable. How do you say inestimable? 
yeah it's <laughs> yeah yeah difficult to estimate john tell me about the 30-day challenge that you run with schools yeah well it's quite sneaky that i'm being honest with you uh, so any of you listeners out there it's just a way to hook them in really i've even been quite sly this year i took it off the front of the book <laughs> to, to draw them in even more so it's just it's just a starting point really i'm actually in the recording studio tonight with dream frequency we're just just before our call i was just practicing uh we've, i'm putting the audio book together for christmas so it's going to be great it's going to be quite an audible well outside my comfort zone very strong lancashire accent everyone says i sound like paddy mcginnis which i don't mind um very weird reading your own material and it's just when you're listening to yourself it's but i've done it to the best of my knowledge yeah, yeah. So 30 day challenge is a really a challenge to lift the veil because as you and i both know you know there's been a lot of scientific evidence so let's back it up with logic and science you know there's an average some people say it takes 21 days to create or break a habit whether that's good or bad per se um some people say it's a little bit longer i know this just do something for a month whether it's going to gym stopping eating bread getting off the wine for a month once you've got past your 20 days 30 days the the, the urge doesn't seem to be there but it's the same when we create something positive so for me back to cultivating kindness in the classroom this is where the magic happens and as you can see in my tone i'm getting excited talking about yeah. it it's like a dovetail right so what happens is as human beings how we how we are at the top of the food chain is with our cooperation we cooperate and it's connection human connection that's why it's really interesting what's going on at the moment how we're sort of being separated because it's really important this is Touch, connection uh, is very important for human beings to develop, especially emotionally and emotionally then neurologically. And that's been took away a little bit at the moment. So we've got to think, right, well, this is bigger than us. So then how can we do it from an energetic level or a basic communication point of view? So what I see what happens is, is the magic unfold. So something magical happens between the pupil and the teacher relationship. Something magical because I've, so many teachers have wrestled with this over 10 years and plus doing insects. And they say, yeah, but John, if I start telling them what I get up to at weekend and I tell them about, you know, I, I got drunk or I'd have this pizza, they've got all that ammo on me and they'll laugh at me. And I'll say, no, 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 this is about rapport. Right, so the stages, the stages. Every kids have got to see you, not as the big bad teacher, the big adult. So get on with your work and then, and, uh, you know, you've got to show them who you really are. They've got to see you because uh, the perception is to seeing this person of authority with his suit on and this teacher. But you've also got to show them your fun side. So when we teach them, when I teach teachers that how to get the rapport, then the kindness starts to come through. So when they start doing the 30 day challenge is that connection between the teacher and the pupil relationship really starts to bond. It really starts to bond because they're all on the same page. They're constantly talking each day. So for example, when somebody purchases my online program, they get to see me every day on the video, whether it's in the class or the assembly and the kindness coach comes on the TV and the kindness coach is saying, hi guys, John McGee, the kindness coach. Your kindness tip today is to open up doors. As you go about your day, da, 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 and then the video finishes and the teachers go, why is a kindness coach encouraging us to do that? Is that kindness? How do we do that? And there's so much 
experiential learning going on here. There's so much debate. There's so much emotional intelligence. There's so much teaching children how to take action and be proactive instead of being reactive. And what starts to happen is this communication, this energy starts to flow, and it's just constantly dripping each day. But what's covertly happening is there's a very, very strong relationship building between the teacher and the pupil. And as we all know, if we want to transform lives, we've got to get the relationship. We get the relationship, we get the cherry on the cake, which is the results. But not just academically, in every area of that child's life. And that's what I love seeing unfolding. But not just that, then the schools start to build on the 30 days and the children start to build their school. So I've had children, which is in my book, that have created REOC reading clubs. So in through schools where they go from year one up to year 11, year eight kids go down to year one and they read to them. They have a random acts of kindness club. So the peers, I teach them, are the role models. They go back and do the reading clubs. We have unity in the community where kids give up their time to be of service in the community, help the elderly in the community. So I let them build that with their teacher from that relationship. And it's up to them then after the 30 days. The 30 days doesn't stop. All I'm there is to open up the door. It's their journey to walk through it yeah. and experience it for themselves. John, you mentioned random acts of kindness. It sounds like that's quite an important part of, of this. Tell me that there's some an incredible research about the links between carrying out random acts of kindness. Even I think there was one study that just uh, people did random acts of kindness each day for a week, just so a short space of time and felt the benefits of that months later. Can you tell us any more about random acts of kindness and what they might even look like in, in school or in people's lives? Yeah, so random acts of kindness is about conscious awareness. So in my book, I talk about making a good intention every day. So setting a positive intention. So for example, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you say, and it has to, you have to say it like this, it's my intention too. And then you finish the sentence. So there's hundreds of kindness tips, whether it's on the program or in the book. So you finish the sentence. So for example, it's my intention today to smile at as many random people that I don't know. And whether they smile back or not, it's not me. It's not for me. I just need to remain impartial because I don't know what's going on in their head or their world or whatever. Yeah, but I'll keep smiling. I know it's a bit challenging with some people that wear masks or whether you do or you don't, but with, that's another debate. That's another podcast. <laughs> so give you that as an example or opening up doors. So random acts of kindness are gifted to us every single day. That We are blessed by them. The universe gives us all these wonderful opportunities, especially when we're busy, to do things, whether it's letting someone go before you in a queue, when you're driving the car, similar sort of thing, grabbing that door for someone or someone's dropped something. The universe will give you these opportunities to see if you're going to seize the moment. Seize the moment. That's only my belief and my opinion. But here's the thing. There's been a lot of scientific evidence that the natural chemical in the body, which is known as the love hormone, hobba hobba choo choo. <laughs> so you know, like when you see someone, you think, oh, they're all right. <laughs> oh, oh, they smile at me. Oh, they're a bit fit. <laughs> so as adults, we can say that, yeah, because we all have them feelings where we go, oh, we get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. That warm, fuzzy feeling is a chemical called oxytocin. 
Oxytocin has been scientifically proven to eradicate free radicals. Free radicals cause cancer in the body. Free radicals cause dis-ease. If you are not taking care of your well-being, if you are stressed, if you work in education, if you're in toxic teams, if your thoughts are toxic, your free radicals will be running havoc within you and it's only a matter of time before your body will let you know with disease that enough is enough. God forbid it's the big C or any other type of illness. But what I do know, and I can back this up myself, is that by practicing random acts of kindness and being kind to others, it will not only change you, it will change the world. And so will be your molecular structure will change from what you give to the world. And I think that our roles as teachers and leaders in schools, we have such um, a ripple effect from that, don't we? So yeah. when we take care of ourselves and we prioritise our health and well-being and and do these practice random acts of kindness to ourselves and others, of course, the ripple effect of that is huge because we're modelling that for our young people. So if I'm a teacher and I'm modelling this to 30 young people, they take that home and they carry that out and we, we create a wave of kindness and well-being. And, yeah, it's, it's a huge impact we can have just by our do, doing it for ourselves as a teacher or leader in schools. Mm. Yeah. It's like we said at the beginning of the podcast, if you truly believe that kindness matters, it's your job to show others why it matters. Actions speak louder than words. And if you want to see that change in the world, show people, show up, show them your actions. And you're, so many people will be watching you as you conduct your kindness daily. And that is what my coach good friend and mentor and trainer from NLP in the Northwest, Chris Grimsley says, the Burnley Buddha. And he says, John, you never know how far a change will go. There's your ripple. There's your kindness ripple. And we don't need to know. We do it with good intentions. We do it from the heart. Hey, we'll have days. We'll have days. We all have them days. We all have stuff. That's life. But it doesn't stop us from being the kindness we want to see in the world. And to any teachers that are listening to this, I would really take advantage to beautiful people like Maria and anybody else in well-being, you know, and, and making the time. As you know, on the front of my book, I was very blessed to have it endorsed by Hal Elrod, who's the number one best-selling international author of The Miracle Morning. And Hal talks about in his book about the time, about getting up an hour earlier than you normally get up. So if you get up at six, get up at five. And that hour is for you. It's your miracle morning. So, for example, 10 minutes meditation or silent work, 10-minute journaling, 10-minute reading, 10-minute affirmations, 10 minutes silence or yoga or whatever flicks your switch. And that hour is your miracle morning. And so many people said to me over years, come on, John, tell us your secret. And I said, look, if I tell you my secret, you're just going to say, what? What? What time? And I said, I stopped telling people. I really did. 
and yeah. I very rarely say it, but I'm going to see, I'm going to share it with your view, viewers. Yeah. The winter's just come now. The clocks are falling back, and I'm ready to get ready for my winter practice till next Easter. And I will be waking up at bang on three thirty a.m. And I will be doing, which is the Brahman time, which is the trance of when the sun goes over the zenith. So, so there's an energy point. And between 3.30 and 4, all the mystic yogis know this in India. It's a time of when you just wake. There's an energy within the planet because it's transferring the light time. And this might sound a bit wacky and woo-woo. Look it up. Indian Brahmas, known it for years, these guys. People like Sadhguru, who's always on the Instagram and stuff. They know all about this and they're sharing this knowledge more now because of the awakening of the planet and everything that's going on. So my new practice, which is getting ready for next week, the beginning of term, up at 3.30, my morning practice, my well-being will be till 6 o'clock. And then I'll go to the gym for an hour. And my morning, I've had my day then. So before I even step in school at 7.30, I've had since 3.30 mm. till 7. Mm. I give that back to John. That's what John, what do I need to do, John, to make you happy? That's one of my greatest sayings I learned from the late, great Louise Hay is to ask little Maria, ask yourself, look in the mirror and just say, John, what do I need to do to make you happy? And look at yourself in the mirror. Just look in your soul, look in your eye. What do I need to do to make you happy? What can I do to let you know that I want to make? What can I do for you today? Yeah. going to make you happy. Ask yourself, ask the little John inside yourself or that little inner child. And you'll be surprised what answer comes back. Um, and that's what's coming up in my practice. I'm not asking everybody to do that, no. but the miracle morning, just imagine what life would be like for anybody if they just adjust. They've just done it lately. The clocks have gone back, so you've lost an hour. Deal with it. <laughs> but imagine if you just put yourself an hour to one side in the morning and thought, yeah, first week it's going gonna, it's gonna to smart a bit. And even if you sit on the settee in the morning for an hour having a brew, Oh, you have extra 20 minutes in shower, just your time. Yeah. And then you get up into the kids and whatever your normal routine, you've had that hour. Imagine that. Seven days a week, seven hours to yourself, and it's free. 30 days, 30 hours. That's a working week. A year. <laughs> 356 hours or whatever it is. Imagine that. Imagine that for your well. Imagine how good you would feel. Now that is compassion towards yourself and taking care of yourself. And that will definitely transform your life in more areas than you could ever possibly imagine. But it's up to you to, to take that step and to experience that journey. I, I can absolutely second that because I, I don't get up at 3.30, but I do get up early and I, I have an hour, um, uh, probably an hour and a half to myself every morning, a good hour of meditation yeah. and reading. Uh, yeah. And honestly, and, and I know I can hear people potentially listening to this saying, I, how, how am I going to do that? And just do what you can. And as John said, just do what you can. If it's 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes. But that time honestly is in in many ways is the best time of my day because it's quiet it's reflective it's con contemplative and there's i get so many ideas and insights and just a sense of calm especially now how beautiful is the silence how beautiful is yeah. the silence in the morning so i'm on i've had a sleeping today because i had a very late night last night and i'm working very late tonight because i'm in the recording studio mm. um and i'm a little bit tired today but 
the good Lord provides caffeine. <laughs> so I want a bit of that today. I need a bit of that today. Um, but yeah, generally, five o'clock, 4.30, five o'clock, but we're just getting ready for the shift next week, which I am already, I understand that it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy. I know because of the clocks turning the dark nights, being a bit tired, nature's the same, you know, just following the way, the Tao, you know, the Tao, the Ching, just going with the way, the energy. And 3.30 next week is going to be that week. Next week is going to be a little bit. <laughs> but I'm quite sneaky. I know this is hard for some teachers. On the days permitting, I do find somewhere to have a 15-minute power nap. Now, I know not everybody can do that, but I find somewhere on my break and my lunch, I go somewhere quiet and I can literally can be sat anywhere. I put my head down. I do my download from the morning. And I can literally go in that deep and then just 10 minutes and I'm ready for another eight hours full on. But that's just my story. I'm not saying that's for everybody. But what I would encourage all of your listeners to do is if you take anything from this podcast, is I would encourage you to read my book, Kindness Matters, but also to read The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And like you quite rightly said, start small. And it's like when people say, I can't do meditation. And I say, you know, you're right. If you say you can't, you can't. But if you say you can and you'll do your best, you will. But I can't. I've got the monkey mind. We all have the monkey mind. The nature of the mind is to think. Let it think. Just have, start at five minutes. Build it up, dude. Build it up. Don't put yourself under pressure. You don't start jogging and say, I'm going to do a marathon. You don't, you don't start a couch to 5K and say, I'll just run 25 miles first. You start small. So that's what I'd say. Just start really small. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And John, World Kindness Day is coming up on the 13th of November. Are you doing anything special for that? Or anything? Well, I'm really grateful you've, you've asked that question. I'm doing something absolutely fantastic. I became good friends with Joe Wicks a couple of years oh. ago, the, the, uh, the body coach, not the kindness Yeah, 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 yeah. And Joe's been very – I've never met him in person. We just met on Instagram on live. And he's been very helpful. I was so happy how well he did with P with Joe. And he asked him, I said, look, kids keep asking me last two years saying, what, what's your YouTube channel? What's your YouTube channel? And I didn't pick up. It was like the universe was saying, John, how many times are these kids going to ask you to set up a YouTube? So we set up the Kindness Coach TV. Something magical's happening. So my town, my hometown of Blackburn became the first kindness community two years ago. So two years to work on the project. Spoke on the BBC with Carl Fogarty as the first kindness celebrity ambassador. He just won I'm a Celebrity. Um, he's a Blackburn lad. The vision was to work with Joe Siddle, the Director of Education. We piloted it last year, never expected the response we got back. We went out and did some filming, uh, did the videos, got kids acting the kindness tips in Blackpool and Blackburn. Didn't expect the response to come back as good as it did. They were all like, wow, we want this. So 20-odd schools signed up. This year, uh, over 100 schools my own town, uh, 70 plus schools, 52 primaries, the rest high schools, Blackpool the same. And they're all signing up to take the Kindness Matter 30 day challenge in November next week. A lot of them have already signed up. So what I've done to give back to the world and to the UK schools, and I'm so grateful because Joe's helped me with this, is um, we've got all the professional filming kit in my apartment. We're going live on World Kindness Day. So me and my team, we've tested all the IT and uh, I'm predominantly going to aim at key stage two. It is for every school, but I'm going to focus on that because I just feel age seven to 11 got a real stronger chance of getting in and really influencing children's behaviour. Um, that's not saying that it won't in high schools because I do a lot of work in high school, key stage three and four. 
So what's going to happen is on World Kindness Day, 13th of November, is every school is going to be able to log on to the YouTube channel, The Kindness Coach uh, TV. Please, anybody listening to this, please subscribe. Um, it's all safeguarded, so there'll be no chatting with the kids. If kids respond, they get one thumbs up. Gate closes, simple as that. Um, so what's going to happen is 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, there'll be a 10-minute free lesson from The Kindness Coach, me going live, and the first lesson will be self. You've got to start with yourself. So I'm going to be teaching kids how to be kind to themselves. The next 10-minute lesson will be around school. What kindness can we do around school? The next lesson will be kindness towards others, which is friends or pupils we may not know, making them feel included. Next random acts of kindness lesson will be towards family or our carers or our foster carers. And the last one will be community, going to and from school, unity in the community, thinking of your conduct, your behaviour, to and from school, your uniform on. And that's going to be the super learning day, which is going to be phenomenal to embrace that. Mm-hmm. But now it's going to go. I'm giving it my best shot. Yeah. Uh, just the, the big ones, the IT. But um, I reckon I can have over a thousand schools signed up. They're trying to get me on this morning with Phil and Holly, uh, Chris Evans' radio show, Lorraine, who's it Loose Women. There's a few others. Who's the other one? Greg James, Radio One. All this is going out as we're speaking now. Great. So let's see you come. It'd be so good, wouldn't it, if one of them got me on the, if they asked the kindness coach to come on and to have that, you know, I've just said before, I just grew up in a council estate, yeah, as as a kid that had a bit of a colourful background, to be recognised as the kindness coach and, you know, the UK kindness ambassador of schools and to be in this positive role to kids and teachers, it's like, I wake up. Me and Joe, me and Joe Siddle, director of education, we had a Zoom last week, and she said, John, are you the same as me? She went, I put my feet on the floor at morning, I get up at five, and I just think, wow, I'm director of education. She said, it's hard work sometimes. She went, but I put my feet on the floor, and I think, I'm director of education. She said, are you the same? I said, I'm saying. I think I'm the only kind of ma- kindness matters. I'm the kindness coach. I said, how did I blag this, Joe? She said, John, we didn't blag it. We've worked hard for it, and we deserve it. And I thought, she's right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's great. So let's just imagine there's 31,000 schools in the UK. Maybe it might not happen this year, but my goal is to have one year where, where us as a nation show America and the world, because I want to do this every year, every World Kindness Day, is to embrace that and say, come on, guys, let's show the world how we can come together, you know, as a community, all in the name of loving kindness. You know, let's show the world as human beings what we really are, you know, uh, because what did that just come through? Michael Jackson. We are the world. Yeah. That's what he said, isn't it? We are the world. Yeah. We are the aren't we? We are the world. Yes. Yeah. So, well, let's create a kinder world by cultivating more kindness inside and outside the classroom. Thank you, John. And if people are listening to this after November the third, they can still visit your YouTube channel and can can watch those videos. Yeah, it's November the thirteenth, World Kindness. Sorry, Day. November the thirteenth. November thirteenth. My apologies. Friday. No. Yeah, they can just get involved. What's happening is, uh, I've been asked off hundreds of schools. Yeah. Uh, what we're doing going forward now with everything that's going on, we've had to really think outside the box. We've had a lot of financial investment. We're ready to launch in April because of everything that's been going on. So what's happening? Me and my team from next week is every Friday, the kindness coach goes live at two o'clock. That's what we're piloting. So like the kids watch news round and other things, CBBs are going to be able to log on 
Uh, and what's going to happen is I'll be talking about kindness, everything kindness related and staying safe in the community the weekend, you know. And then on Monday, there's pre-recorded videos going out. So we film, we do a day's filming, my team edit it, all professionally done. And then that's scheduled. So the Monday will be tell the children what they're going to do that week, mm-hmm. you know, how they can go through the week. And then how we evaluate that is we get to Friday live and I'll say, hey, how did you get on from Tuesday? How did you? Come on, don't be letting me down, guys. Yeah. And then when they have a wobble in class, the teachers can go, what did the kindness coach say? That's not very kind, is it, Maria? What did you say to Tracy? She's fat. <laughs> what do you think kindness coach should say? <laughs> That's not on the kindness code of conduct. Go and have a look on what it says about being kind to others. <laughs> going to be great, isn't it? I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, my God. John, thank you so much. I've been speaking with John McGee, the kindness coach. You can find out more about John and his work at his website, thekindnesscoach.me. You can connect with John on Twitter at kindnesscoach, YouTube, The Kindness Coach TV, Instagram at The Kindness Coach, and his best-selling book, Kindness Matters, is widely available. John, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for your kindness. Thanks so much for listening. Now check out our website, pursuitwellbeing.com, and take our free teacher anxiety quiz. I'll include the link in the description below. The quiz only takes a couple of minutes and you'll get a better understanding of where you are today, plus tips to immediately feel better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. I love getting your feedback and learning how we can improve our program.